Well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to our Wednesday night service. We did have a little technical difficulty there at the beginning, uh, but I think we got that resolved and I think we're good to go for tonight and hopefully this uh, stream will work uh, the rest of the service. So uh, I do want to just say happy Wednesday to everybody and uh, we're going to go ahead and begin our service with a word of prayer and ask the Lord to bless this time as we uh, look into his word together uh, tonight. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for allowing us to meet together uh, via this technology. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would bless this, uh, this time that we've set aside to study your word, to pray together as a church family, and to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would bless and that you would help us to be uh, focused in on what you'd have for us tonight. And Lord, I ask that uh, you would speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to uh, change where we need to change. And uh, Lord, I ask that uh, you would be honored and glorified and exalted and magnified as a result of this time together. And uh, we uh, just love you and thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, well, we want to do our uh, monthly memory verse. This is the last time that we're going to do this particular, this particular verse. Um, so it is Psalm 145 and verse number 3, uh, where the Bible says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. So uh, try as you might, you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around every aspect of God's greatness. He is just beyond our ability to grasp who God is. And uh, that, that uh, if, if he was able to be grasped, he wouldn't be God, right? Uh, because all of his attributes are completely inf infinite. So anyway, that's been the verse that we've been uh, trying to focus on uh, this month as we've gone through some difficult challenges and, and uh, changes uh, during this month. But I'm um, looking forward to having maybe a longer verse in the month of August. Is that okay with everybody in my family? They're shaking their heads no, and one said sure. Okay, so uh, we'll see what ends up happening here. But uh, Sunday we'll announce our new mer monthly memory verse, and uh, we'll learn that one in August. Uh, I do want to make a couple quick announcements. I mentioned uh, on Sunday that tonight I would announce whether for sure we were going to be uh, back to in-person services this Sunday, and I am pleased to announce that we are going to be back to in-person services this Sunday. Uh, so we'll be all at the church. Whoever is able, um, healthy enough, uh, that uh, is uh, feeling good and comfortable, then uh, go ahead and come. Uh, we're going to have Sunday school at 945, and uh, the morning service, of course, at 1045, and then at 5 o'clock we'll have our evening service. Um, during our evening service, uh, we were supposed to have a couple weeks ago our quarterly business meeting. I'd like to do that this coming Sunday night. Uh, so for those there on Sunday night, uh, we'll discuss kind of where we have been this last year, um, last six months of the year, and, uh, and then kind of where we're going. So uh, please plan to be there on Sunday night if you're able to, and I know not everybody's able to, but... I do want to encourage as many as possible to be a part of that service on Sunday night. Uh, we'll have a, a Bible message. I'm going to continue on in our series, the Romans 828 man in the evening. Um, but it'll be a briefer message so that we have time for our uh, business meeting. 
And then in the morning, the morning service, last Sunday, I started a brand new series called The Fruit of the Spirit, and uh, that's going to continue this Sunday morning at uh, 1045. Uh, I want to mention our virtual VBS. Uh, that is going really well. Uh, we had uh, we were scheduled to do our in-person VBS Sunday through Wednesday, so tonight would have been the last night of our in-person VBS, but that got canceled due to uh, the COVID situation that, that took place. So uh, we went to this vir virtual VBS and it's been going great. Our kids have really enjoyed uh, each morning getting up and watching the videos and working on the memory verse and working on the coloring sheets. Um, this, this morning, our kids, our two children, Faith and Mark, had a coloring contest together. And uh, I won't announce who won, but uh, one of them did win. And uh, they've been enjoying that, and uh, they're looking forward to the next couple days. It's not too late to join in. Uh, we do have these videos on our Facebook page, as well as on our YouTube channel. So uh, feel free to join in. And by the way, you don't even have to be a kid to enjoy these. Uh, my wife and I have enjoyed kind of listening in and, and uh, participating a little bit ourselves. So uh, parents or grandparents, uh, feel free to jump into that as well. Um, but uh, the virtual VBS is going really great, and I do want to uh, thank uh, Brother Blake and Miss Kaylin for their work in getting that all together for us. And uh, if you have been watching that, you may recognize that they sound and look a little bit like uh, Brother Blake uh, because uh, Brother Blake's brother's on there, and his dad was on there yesterday, and and uh, Miss Kaylin's brother has been on there too. So. Uh, it's kind of neat to have the family represented there, and uh, that's been that's been great. So two more days, and uh, then uh, I believe on uh, well, just keep listening, and you'll learn more about the uh, the grand prizes that we're going to be giving out and things like that. I'll let uh, Brother Blake uh, explain that in the in the uh, VBS videos. And of course, today at four o'clock, uh, the teens had their uh, teen Zoom Bible study, and uh, looked like they were having a lot of fun with that and uh, running all over the house and destroying the house. So thank you, Brother Blake, for that. Although it may or may not have been my idea to do that. But anyway, uh, we had a, they had a good time with that. All right. Well, at this time, I think that's all the announcements I wanted to make for tonight. Uh, there's a lot of things we'll announce on Sunday. So please plan to come on Sunday. Of course, we're going to continue our live streaming on Sunday. And uh, we'll continue that uh, going forward as well. But uh, we've been going through the series uh, Comfort in the Crisis, and uh, we are going to continue that tonight in Psalm 57. So if you take your Bible and go ahead and turn to Psalm 57, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, adjust here. Uh, I need to turn my Bible to Psalm 57 as well. And the, the title of the message tonight is when, do you, when You Find Yourself in a Cave, When You Find Yourself in a Cave. In a cave, Psalm 57, and I'm going to go ahead and start by reading all 11 verses, the entire psalm this, this evening, and then uh, we'll work our way through it. Um, and I think that this will be an encouragement and a blessing to uh, to you as we uh, look at Psalm 57. So verse 1 says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. 
He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves, Selah. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and will give praise. Awake up, my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let thy glory be above all the earth. And let's pray one more time, and we'll get into the message tonight. Lord, we're grateful for your word. Thank you, Lord, for uh, David and uh, his life and how you used him to write uh, many of the psalms that uh, we have in this particular book of the Bible. And uh, Lord, we can relate with a lot of these psalms that he wrote because we find ourselves in the same situation. Maybe not exactly, but figuratively speaking, we do find ourselves in uh, similar scenarios that he was in. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to learn lessons tonight about uh, how to uh, handle and how to deal with um, life when we find ourselves in a cave. And we'll thank you for how you work in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, I was going to just start by asking this question, and it's a little more fun to ask questions when we're able to be in person. But I imagine uh, many of you have had the opportunity to go visit a cave. Uh, I know I've been to several different caves in my life. Um, and uh, one in particular that I think of in Montana our family went to visit a couple different times, and that was the Lewis and Clark Caverns. Um, each time I went, I was a little bit claustrophobic, I'll have to admit, but I definitely enjoyed the one-mile tour uh, through this amazing part of God's creation as we learned about all the different parts of caves, right? The uh, stalactites, the stalagmites, and the different columns that we were able to see. And uh, I don't know if Seth has a couple of the pictures going up on the screen there, but those are pictures from the Lewis and Clark Caverns that we had the privilege of uh, visiting when we were in Montana. And a couple things about caves, especially if you've been there, uh, you'll know this to be true. Uh, they tend to be a little bit cold, uh, especially if it's a summer day, which was the days that we visited the Lewis and Clark Caverns. We visited during the summer. And it was, you know, uh, 80 plus in the high 80s, maybe there outside. But then when you get, went into the cave, it was in the low 60s. And so it was a significant drop of temperature. And these, uh, these caves were, were nice and cold and cool. But then they also were obviously very dark. Uh, a lot of these caves, as you got down in there, uh, they had lights. They had man-made lights in there to kind of guide you along the journey. But... Uh, a couple times they turned out all the lights 
and it was just completely black. You could put your hand in front of your face and you couldn't see your hand. I mean, it was completely pitch black dark. Um, these caves are also, uh, especially the one we went to, was home to several different bats. Uh, a lot of bats lived there. One of the things that they did when we first got there, they said, okay, we're in a place where there's a lot of bats and if you look up right now, uh, you'll be able to see some bats. So I want every, everybody needs to be quiet because this, the daytime is when they sleep. And they were, sure enough, there was uh, hundreds of them up there and we were able to see them. And uh, a couple of them woke up and flew around a little bit and that was a little creepy. But uh, So caves. And I imagine you've had the privilege of going to a cave at least some point in your life, uh, most of you. Well, tonight we're going to learn what to do and what not to do when we find ourselves in a cave. And what I'm referring to is not an actual, like, literal cave, although we could probably learn some lessons from that as well. But uh, what I'm referring to is a, a time of difficulty, a time where we're uh, maybe running and uh, we're in danger, or we're in a time of difficulty or trial or affliction. And uh, so tonight I want to uh, go through this particular psalm and learn lessons on what we should and should not do when we find ourselves in a cave. And so first of all tonight I want us to notice David's dilemma. David's dilemma. And there was a significant dilemma that was going on in David's life when he wrote Psalm 57. If you notice, I didn't actually read the little inscription before verse number 1, between the where it says Psalm 57 and then verse 1. There's a little inscription, and the inscription says in my Bible, to the chief musician, and uh, there's uh, Altus Kith, I think that that's how you say that name, uh, Mitchum of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. When he fled from Saul in the cave. So this was written uh, during a time in David's life, right after he defeated Goliath, remember, and then uh, the women were singing about how wonderful David was and how he was much greater than, than Saul, and Saul became enraged with jealousy and envy, so much so that he went to pursue David with the hopes and the desire to kill him. And so, uh, and so during that chasing, that manhunt that was going on for David, there were two different times in that particular season of David's life when he found himself in a cave. Once in 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse number 1 where the Bible says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. So uh, that was one instance. And then the other instance was in 1 Samuel 24 when Saul and his men in their a chase and, and uh, desire to kill David, they found themselves in a cave. And uh, David and Saul, they intersected at that point in this particular cave in 1 Samuel 24. And uh, that was in uh, Engidi. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that particular location right, but uh, there was a cave there in that area. And David and his men caught up with Saul and his men. And uh, so scholars aren't sure, though, which cave it was when David wrote this psalm, whether it was the one in Adullam or one here in uh, En Gidi. Um, but either way, 
uh, David was running for his life from a man who became obsessed with his murder. And so it was a de definitely a dilemma that he was experiencing as he was in this cave. And so David writes this psalm, this psalm from a cave and shares with us lessons on, handle, on how to handle our own cave-like situation in our lives. Um, now, what is the name of, of our cave that we're going through? Or what is the name of the cave that you're living in right now, perhaps? Uh, you may be in the cave of financial difficulty. You may be in the cave of marital strain. Maybe you're in the cave of workplace drama and tension. Maybe you're in the cave of health issues. Uh, and certainly a lot of uh, people are uh, in medical issues right now, dealing with COVID and, and such the like, and uh, some of the uh, challenges that go along with the pandemic that's been happening and some of the fallout and some of the other parts of COVID, uh, some of the limiting of uh, the life that we had before COVID. Uh, that's perhaps a cave that some of us are experiencing. Uh, maybe some of us are living in the cave of concern for the future of our country. I, I've been in that cave a little bit as I've seen our country almost implode within a matter of just a few weeks. Uh, maybe we're living in the cave of family heartache and trouble and trial. Uh, I'm not sure what cave you're dwelling in tonight, but I hope that uh, maybe you'll take good comfort and and uh, learn some lessons on how to deal with your cave. Uh, David was literally running from his life for his life from an angry, jealous man. So he had some. He was going through a real time of affliction, a real trial, a real time of tribulation. And as we've learned recently, trials and tribulations are, whether we like it or not, they're a part of life, aren't they? You see, no one can go through life without experiencing difficulties. And once someone becomes a Christian, those afflictions don't go away. In fact, for many Christians, the suffering ramps up after we become saved. Um, those who live godly in Christ Jesus, Paul said, shall suffer persecution. So those who decide to live for God, those who decide to uh, live their lives for the glory of God are going to experience difficulties and trials. So learning what we should do when we find ourselves in a cave is a very valuable and important lesson to learn as believers because we will all be in one sooner or later. We'll all find ourselves in some type of a cave. And maybe again, you're in a cave right now. I'm not sure. But whether you're in a cave right now or not, uh, we will all find ourselves in a cave at some point. And, and what do we do when we find ourselves in a, in a cave like David did? Well, secondly, so that's number one, David's dilemma. But ne next, I want us to see David's dependence. David's dependence. What did he do when he was in this cave? Well, let's look in verse number one. He said, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. Notice he re repeats the desire for uh, mercy here. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. All right, so he was definitely experiencing tremendous calamities, and uh, I imagine that some of us are experiencing some calamities even tonight. Uh, well, what should we do until those 
pass over us. Well, we need to trust the Lord. We need to depend on God. He said, For my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I'm sure David was thankful for the physical cave that he was in. Uh, I'm sure he was thankful for that shelter that that provided him. But, but more than that, he was thankful for God and the fact that God was going to be his ultimate refuge, his ultimate shelter. Um, because even in a cave, I mean, he's still not completely safe unless the Lord is guarding him, unless the Lord is protecting him. And we do see how the Lord did protect him during that entire part of David's life. But he decided that he was going to trust God in the midst of that difficulty. And so tonight, if you're in a cave, if you're dealing with difficulty, can I encourage you to trust the Lord with all your heart, to lean not unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. And what does he promise to do? He promised to direct our path. Notice in verse number two here, not only did he choose to uh, trust the Lord just kind of uh, in concept, but we see his trust displayed here in verse number two. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. So in, in verse two, he says he's going to call upon the Lord, and that's a proof, an evidence that he really is trusting the Lord. I would encourage you to trust the Lord so much so that you go to him in prayer. I, I'm reading about the, the kings of Judah in 2 Chronicles in my personal Bible time, and I recently read about uh, a man by the name of King Asa. Now, the Bible has a lot of good things to say about him and his particular reign, right? A lot of times the Bible says, and he reigned so-and-so years, and he did that which was right in the sight of God, or he did that which was evil in the sight of God. Well, for Asa... It says that he did right in the sight of the Lord. But during his reign, there were a couple instances when he uh, got off track, excuse me, when he got off track a little bit. One happened at the very end of his life, and 2 Chronicles 16, 12 says this, and I read this the last couple days, um, and it says this, And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet. Okay? No comments. My wife's looking at me like, I know someone else who is diseased in their feet. And I'm not going to share with you who. Uh, but he might be the one speaking tonight. Anyway, uh, so Asa in the 39th year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease, the Bible says, he sought not to the Lord, but to the, but to the physicians, but to the doctors. So the Bible says his disease was exceeding great, but in his disease he didn't seek the Lord, but he sought the physicians, he sought the doctors, he sought the medical professionals, and, and he did not seek the Lord in uh, his difficult time. Uh, and so many times in our lives when we go through a trial, our first response, I think, at least in my own life, my, I'm tempted to do this, uh, my first re response, I'm tempted to try to figure it out on my own and uh, not even really take it to the Lord at all. When I'm going through some type of trial, I try to kind of figure out through my own experience, maybe through my own uh, thought process. And of course, God does want us to use our brains and 
use the experiences he's brought us through. Um, but we try to figure it out on our own and, and never even go to the Lord about it. And this is, of course, what Asa did. He, he went to the doctors instead of to the Lord. Uh, we can easily be tempted to go to the experts to help us out of our problems instead of going to the Lord. I mean, if we have financial problems, instead of seeking the Lord and uh, asking God to provide for us or to uh, change our financial priorities, instead of doing that, we open another line of credit. When we have relationship problems, instead of seeking the Lord for a solution, we uh, seek others to join our side of the issue. When we have medical issues, instead of going to God first, we go to the doctor first. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that God can't or won't use people to help us and that we shouldn't go to the doctor when, we're, when we need medical uh, help. I'm not saying that doctors are not valuable at all. But, but here, I'm, I'm basically saying this. I think people trust doctors many times more than they trust God. I think we sometimes trust our financial advisors more than we trust God. We trust our psychiatrist or our counselor more than God. People trust these so-called experts and neglect God in the process. Again, I'm not trying to say that people aren't helpful, and, and uh, there are people that, are, that have helped me. Uh, but, like Asa, he chose to neglect the Lord to not seek the Lord, but to just go to the professionals. Uh, let's make sure that we remember to trust the Lord and to depend on God, not on others around us. Lean not into our own understanding. And our own understanding oftentimes tells us, oh, I need to go to a professional. Well, why don't we go to God first? He's the one that uh, is beyond anybody else that is on this planet that can help us far greater than anyone else can. So let's make sure that we depend upon God when we find ourselves in a cave-like situation. So we see David's dependence, but I want us to see thirdly here David's discouragement. David's discouragement. Now we come to something that uh, we should not do when we find ourselves in a cave. And this is found in verse number four here. I'm going to kind of skip over verse number three. Uh, just for sake of time here, but verse 4, he, uh, he kind of changes the attention. I mean, verses 1 through 3, he's focused very firmly upon the Lord. But then now here in verse number 4, his focus now changes to him, himself and his situation. Verse 4, my soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. So he kind of changes his focus from the Lord to now his the reality of his issue. Uh, being in a cave situation can be discouraging at times for sure. And we see two times in this psalm when David is focused on his problems, and as a result, it causes discouragement in his life. So verse 4 is one instance, and then verse number 6 they have prepared a net for my steps. And, and look at the word, look at the verbiage here that uh, David uses. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. In other words, I'm discouraged. <laughs> I'm kind of down in the dumps. 
because I'm focused in on my situation. I'm focused in on my issues. I'm focused in on my problems. And as a result, he's discouraged. Verse 6, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they have fallen themselves. And so uh, as he turns his attention back to the reality of his dilemma, his soul is bowed down. His uh, heart is discouraged. You know, every time we kind of get our eyes back on ourselves and on our problems and in our cave-like situation, then we can become easily discouraged. Uh, there's a story about uh, that I read recently about former heavyweight boxer James Quick Tillis. He was a cowboy from our very own Oklahoma who fought out of Chicago in the early 1980s. So this former heavyweight boxer, James Tillis. Uh, James still remembers his first day in the Windy City after his arrival from Tulsa. He said, I got off the bus with two cardboard suitcases under my arms in downtown Chicago and stopped in front of Sears Tower. I put my suitcases down. I looked up at the tower and said to myself, I'm going to conquer Chicago. And when I looked down, my suitcases were gone. <laughs> uh, easy to be discouraged, right? When your suitcases uh, end up gone after uh, thinking that you're going to Take care of business. Discouragement. William Ward once said this regarding discouragement. He said, Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and distrust of the future. It is ingrat ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, in indifference to the opportunities of today, and insecurity regarding strength for tomorrow. It is unawareness of the presence of beauty, unconcern for the needs of our fellow man, and unbelief in the promises of old. It is impatience with time, immaturity of thought, and impoliteness to God. Now, that's what discouragement is. And so every time David discusses his problem and focuses back on his problems and, and his situation, he becomes discouraged. Are you kind of going through a time of discouragement tonight? It may be because your focus is on your situation, on your cave-like scenario instead of God. You see, your focus is on your problem. So friend, can I encourage you tonight to stop focusing on your blisters and start focusing on the blessings? It's easy to focus on the blisters because they're the ones kind of crying out for your attention. But all the while, there's a lot of blessings to be thankful for. You may have a blister on your foot, and that's all you can think about, all you can think about. Meanwhile, you have all kinds of other blessings to be grateful for. And my encouragement for us is to learn from David's poor example here in verses 4 and 6. He has a great example in verses 1 through 3 where he depended upon the Lord. But now he's focused on his problems, and as a result, he's discouraged. Let's not, when we're in a cave-like scenario, just dwell on the problem. That's not going to help us get out of the problem. It's going to make the problem seem bigger than it really is. And so I want to encourage us tonight to not allow discouragement to come into our lives. 
especially those of us who are believers, we really have no reason to be discouraged. We have God who has saved us. We have an eternity in a place called heaven. Uh, our sins are forgiven. Uh, we have, God is still on the throne of our lives. He's sovereign. He's in charge. He's good. We really have no reason to be discouraged. And yet a lot of us do sometimes live in discouragement. We have no reason to be. And so we see David's discouragement. But number four, I want us to look at David's decision. David's decision. What decisions did David make during his time in this particular cave? And what decisions should we make when we find ourselves in a cave-like scenario as well? Uh, let's look here at verse number five. As, God, as uh, David here turns his attention to the Lord, he said, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. And then he turns back to his problems in verse six. But then in verse seven, back to the Lord again. So kind of a seesaw scenario. But verses 7 all the way down through the rest of the chapter, it's all focused on God again. And this is where our focus always needs to be. Verse number 7, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. Even though there's a lot of troubles around me, I'm going to choose to fix my heart and my life upon you. All right? What were the two decisions that uh, David made when he was here in this, uh, in this cave? Verse number 8 tells us, that it was, a, it was a decision of priority. Verse 8 says, Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. When we're going through a cave-like scenario in our life, this is the time to put the priority back on the Lord. And, and perhaps that's why the Lord allowed us to be in this cave in the first place. It's to kind of get our heart back to the, to, to the Lord. Remember, when Jonah found himself in a cave-like scenario there in the belly of that great fish, what happened with Jonah? He turned his heart back to God. He made God his priority once again. And uh, David here is saying, I'm going to fix my heart upon you, God, during this time of trial. Boy, that's a great decision to make. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a priority in my life. In verse number 8, at the end of it, he said, I myself will awake early. I'm going to make this something that I'm going to focus on right away and make it a priority in my life. I'm not going to sleep in and just kind of hope that this problem fixes itself. No, I'm going to choose to uh, wake up early and allow God to be my priority. Uh, now, this would indicate, so early in the morning indicates that uh, this is happening early on in uh, David's cave situation, that he's turning to God. And uh, many times people go through a trial and experience affliction. And what, what do they do? They usually turn to everything other than the Lord. And then once all that fails, then and only then, they decide to go to God. David decided that he would seek the Lord early on in his cave-like situation. And we should too. Uh, make him a priority. Uh, he... A lot of times, God seems to be the last resort for many believers when we go through a time of trial. We try everything else. We talk to everybody else about it. Uh, we may pray, but I mean, we're not really seeking God and asking Him to direct us. We have to post it on Facebook for the world to see. We have to, uh, you know, talk to all of our friends and family about the situation we're going to to get their two cents on it. 
Many times that's all it's worth. Maybe not even that. And yet God is going, hey, I'm right here. Why don't you seek me first? Uh, because I can help you through this. I know why I brought you into this cave in the first place. I know the lessons you need to learn in this cave. So why don't you seek me? Why don't you go to my word? Why don't you spend time and commune with me in prayer while you're going through this time? So it was a decision of priority. And David said, I'm going I'm to make God my priority during this time. I'm going to fix my heart to God. I'm not going to try to uh, ask everybody else's opinion on what I should do. I'm going to go right to God. But it was not only a decision of priority. It was also a decision of praise. It was a decision of praise. Let's go back up to verse number 7. He said, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. And then he said, I will sing and give praise. I will sing and give praise. And then go to verse 9. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. So David said, Yes, I'm in a cave. But you know what? That's not going to take away my song." In fact, I'm going to I'm choosing to praise the Lord during my time in this in this cave. In the middle of his trial, he was going to sing and to praise God. By the way, not only was he going to sing uh, and praise the Lord, he was going to do so, and he didn't care how many people heard. In fact, he wanted people to hear in verse number nine, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. Uh, I'm going to sing unto thee among the nations. I want everyone to hear. Look, when we go through a time of trial, that's the time to sing. Yes, we can sing when you get a promotion and you, you find out, you know, uh, you're getting a lot more back on taxes than you thought you were. Or, uh, you know, when you found out that more is not having a max mask mandate. Okay, I don't know if everybody rejoiced and sang with that, but uh, but I was rejoicing. But here's the thing. Uh, when things are going well, should we sing? Absolutely. But also when times are not going well, and things aren't going well, that's the time to sing to the Lord. That's when the, God wants to hear us sing, and I've quoted that song recently. So it was a decision of priority. David said, Lord, you're going to be my priority. I'm going to wake up early for the purpose of praising you. I'm going to seek you early in my cave-like scenario. I'm not going to wait until I've exhausted every other option and then I'll go to you. No, I'm going to go to you first, Lord. And then it was a decision of praise. He decided to praise God uh, in spite of the scenario he was going through. But then I want us to see number five and last thought here uh, for tonight, and that is David's desire. We see David's decision, but now we come to David's desire. What was David desiring during his cave situation that he was going in, going through. Well, did David desire deliverance from his cave and for life to get back to normal? I'm sure he did. But that's not what he mentioned as his main desire for the situation. Uh, look here in verse number 5 and verse number 11. Verse 5 says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Verse 11 is word for word, verbatim, a repetition of verse number 5. Exactly the same words. Verse 5, verse 11, same verse. Why? Because this was what David really desired in the trial that he was going through. In the cave situation he was facing, he wanted God to be exalted. 
And he wanted his God's glory to be above all the earth. And so, um, ultimately, David wanted and desired that God would be exalted throughout this situation and that his glory would be known throughout the earth. He realized that no matter what happens to him, he was most concerned about God being magnified. You know, David was wanting, I'm sure, to get back to life as it was before all of this. Just like, by the way, all of us wish we could go back to the way life was back in January and February, right? Uh, when you could go into any fast food restaurant and have a seat and enjoy a meal. Uh, we could uh, go into stores without uh, wearing masks or without people looking at you weird for not wearing masks, right? We want to go back to life as normal, don't we? Uh, but that's that wasn't going to happen for David anytime real soon. And, and by the way, that's probably not going to happen anytime real soon for us either. And so what, what was his desire? Was it just to get back to life as he once knew it? I'm sure that was a little bit of it, but that's not what he mentioned here. He wanted God to be exalted. He wanted God's glory to be the one that is, uh, God's glory to be known throughout the earth through the way that uh, David handled the situation. Look, all of us are, many of us are going through a time of cave, a cave situation right now. Let's desire what our theme for Cornerstone Baptist Church in 2020 is, and that is magnify the Lord. That's what David wanted to do. He wanted to magnify the Lord during this trial. He wanted God to be lifted up and exalted and magnified and glorified through the way that David was handling the situation. Uh, Paul was in a similar situation when he wrote the book of Philippians, and uh, he was in not a cave, but he was in a cave-like situation as he was under house arrest when he wrote this book of Philippians. And, and in chapter 1 of Philippians, verse number 20, Philippians 1.20, he said this, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul said, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this house arrest alive. I'm not sure. I'd like to be, but at the same time, either way, life, death, it doesn't matter. I want Christ to be magnified in my life. I, is that your desire? That you know what? I may be going through a real difficult time of trial. And more than I want to be delivered from the trial, I want God to be magnified. And I think that's what David was saying here. He said, more than I want to be delivered from the hand of Saul, I want to be, I want God, you to be glorified. I want you to be exalted. Can you say that regarding the difficult situation you find yourself in? Like, Lord, if you never take this situation away from me, that's okay. As long as you're glorified, as long as you are the one exalted, that's all that really matters to me. Can you say that? Paul said that. David said that. And I hope that all of us will have that same desire uh, when we go through a cave-like scenario. Why? Because we're, one of our purposes in this life is to bring glory to God. And many times, He does allow trials into our lives for that very purpose. So, uh, we see here uh, several different lessons on what we should and should not do when we find ourselves in a cave. 
So the question is, are you in a cave tonight? If so, don't dwell on the cave and your blisters. Instead, focus on God and his blessings in your life. And then focus on making him the priority in your life during this time uh, of trial. And then choose to praise him during your trial. And once we do those things, he will be exalted. He will be glorified. And I hope that these uh, lessons you'll remember as you face difficult situations, uh, maybe even right now, or maybe down the road, uh, when you find yourself in a cave, you'll remember Psalm 57. And maybe I would encourage you to go back and read through this particular psalm and be reminded of some of the priorities that we we should have and the lessons that we should be remembering when we are in a cave. Uh, let's pray together tonight and we'll, uh, we'll be done. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, gather uh, through technology uh, to look at this particular psalm. And Lord, I pray for those who are in a cave-like scenario right now. Lord, maybe it's uh, the family's uh, relationships are strained. Maybe they're going through a time of financial difficulty. Lord, maybe they're experiencing some workplace uh, trials and tribulations. Lord, whatever the, whatever the uh, cave they're experiencing, Lord, I pray that you would help us to not help them to not focus on the cave and the, and, the, and the problems, but to focus on who you are and your greatness. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to uh, make you our priority to allow you to be the one we seek first when we're going through this time. Help us, Lord, to praise you during this and help us to rely upon you and to depend upon you and to trust you and to allow you to be our shelter during this time of, of uh, difficulty. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to look into your word together. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to not just be good hearers, but now good doers of what we heard. Lord, the real uh, measure of the sermon uh, starts now, after it's over, to see whether we are going to live it out or not. And Lord, I pray that we would, that we would take to heart the things we heard tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I sure love you. And once again, as I say uh, a lot, if there's anything we can do for you to be a blessing to you, uh, please let us know. We are here for you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday in person, if you're able to be there. Look forward to seeing folks uh, for Sunday school at 9.45, and then uh, for our morning service at 10.45, 5 o'clock for our evening service, and then we'll also have our business meeting as part of that service on Sunday night. I sure love you. I'll be praying for you, and I hope you'll pray for us too. Uh, God bless, and we'll see you soon.